Welcome to Direct Line with Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Direct Line, religious topics without preaching, mixing politics and religion and not shying away from controversy. You're not going to find all your answers, but you will always find an opinion. This is Direct Line. And now your hosts, Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Well, welcome to Direct Line. It's Thursday, September 16. Greg Taylor, Stephanie Spangler. And Stephanie, we are uh, coming up on fall. September 20 is the beginning of fall. It doesn't feel anything like fall outside. It did last week. So did I you got, think so? Well, yeah, we had some cool days last okay. week, and I got out my some fall decorations. So, wow. You so know, it's fall then. So what's a fall decoration, like a pumpkin? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Or a sign that says, welcome fall. Welcome to fall. <laughs> now, are you one of those pumpkin people? You like all things pumpkin, like uh, pumpkin coffee and no. pumpkin spice? You don't do it, Well, huh? now that I've had COVID yes. you know, and I have the co- weird COVID smell, yeah. things don't smell so, like, the candles don't smell like they're supposed to smell. So here's my question, so. and I, maybe this is nitpicky, but is it since I've had COVID or since I've had the COVID? There are people in my life that I love, and they describe it as the, the COVID, COVID, but it's just COVID, it's right? It's just COVID. There's I no think. the in front of I it, right? So. Okay. Because I've had a lot of people that want to talk to me about the COVID, <laughs> and I just, I've wondered if I'm missing something here. The COVID. No, it's just COVID. Well, it made me smell weird. So. Okay. I mean, not me personally, right. but my smeller doesn't work right. right it's so still not working. It's still not working. So and pumpkin doesn't smell tasting? particularly. Pum- um, pretty much tasting is all back except for like dark pop, like Coke, anything that's dark. Are you a pop drinker? I like it, but okay. I'm not drinking it now because okay. it tastes terrible. Coffee? Coffee's fine. Coffee's good. Okay. Coffee's fine. It's just the it's just the carbonated dark drinks for you know, me. No, knock on whatever this table is, plastic, whatever it may be. But you know, I've not had COVID <laughs> right. up to this the point. That, that I don't the know. COVID. But uh, but I got to tell you, if I got the COVID <laughs> and I lost my coffee taste, oh. I don't know how I would go on. I'm honestly. telling you, I really that is don't. one of the worst parts. And I my know. son and his wife are just yeah. getting over the yeah. COVID, and that yeah. was the worst part for him. He's a he loves to eat, and he's like, I can't taste anything, and he, it's yeah. it's sad. Hey, so we have, at least I have tried to really steer clear of the politics in this. Uh, okay. And yeah. I'm going to break that rule right now. Oh, here now. we go. I, okay. I'm going to break it, All okay? Right, so I just want to let our listeners know. Mm-hmm. Um, but last Thursday, I watched our president address the country. And I, I just felt like the message that was being sent was not one that united, but it was absolutely one that divided. I felt like in a lot of ways it was the last thing that we needed Mm -hmm. to hear. I I think, obviously, he has a perspective, and I respect his perspective, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just like I respect other people's perspectives along those lines. But uh, I really felt like it was kind of this mandate coming down, Mm -hmm. and he was trying to put everybody into the good guy category Mm -hmm. or the bad guy category. Is that when he said, like, my patience is wearing thin or something? Well, it wasn't just him. He made it sound like there's 160 million people that are really mad at the 80 million, and I just, I'm not sure we need more division right now. I heard one commentator say afterwards, uh, they defined it as the divider in chief. And then someone else, uh, the governor of Mississippi, came on and said, you know, I would expect a speech like that from the premier of China mm-hmm. or from the leader of North Korea. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I don't even know if you got to hear the speech or not. Nope. But did, did not you? interested in seeing okay. Okay. him. Okay. Nope. And, and maybe that's the best thing about it. But mm-hmm. I was really disturbed mm-hmm. at the level of division. And I bring that up because Sunday we took time and we honored first responders mm-hmm. in services, mm-hmm. thanked them for all that they did. But we also reflected back to that. September 12, 2001 day Mm -hmm. where we weren't Republicans, Mm -hmm. we weren't Democrats, Mm -hmm. we were just Americans Mm -hmm. and we were sad and we 
are mad, and I think the mad is still rolling, but mm -hmm. we're mad at each other in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. And I just think the answer for people of faith at the end of the day, I don't know that you're going to change somebody's no. mind. I don't know that I'm going to change somebody's mm -hmm. mind. I don't even know that that should be our goal. Can we just come together on the higher ground of faith in Jesus, kingdom first, and let people have the perspectives that they have on vaccines and on masks mm -hmm. and all of that, or is that too simplistic? Is that too much of a simpleton approach? Well, I think it's uh, I think it's possible on an individual level. You can decide to do that, and I can decide to do that, but I don't think it's going to happen as a whole. But but could it happen if Christians rose up, if churches rose up and said, "We're not fighting over this." We're not battling over this. We're going to respect one another, and you have your perspective, and I have my perspective, but our, our common higher ground is faith in Jesus and the idea of kingdom first no matter what, and we're not getting into those conversations. I think maybe your approach last Thursday was the best approach, just to not even turn the television on, honestly, because I was deeply discouraged when it got done. I just felt like this is maybe the last thing that needed to happen at this point. Mm -hmm. So now mm -hmm. I do think there was probably a political motive behind it. I think it was, we want to change the talking points. We want to oh, stop so talking so about Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. um, which, you know, maybe politically speaking, that was a smart move. But I just think the time for now is to come together. And the message of some is, yeah, we want to come together. Just do what we tell you to do. And when you do what we tell you to do, mm -hmm. we can all be together. Mm -hmm. So, But I think maybe years ago, that's what the maybe people who are Democrats thought of Trump. I mean, well, yeah, I, 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 I don't know that it will this ever. This is not an anti-Biden-only thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, mm -hmm. our, the division didn't start in January oh, no. of this year, oh, no. you know, and right. the, the sniping didn't start in January of this year. I'm just interested in the better day. I'm interested well, in I the time. I think that will be when Jesus comes back. Well, but, I mean, <laughs> you may be right. but I, I, You might think I'm pessimistic. You're, you're such an optimistic kind well, of guy. I was not I, real optimistic Thursday night. I, I was deeply discouraged Thursday night. I really was. I felt like... Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to get better. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't think it's going yeah. to get better. I think individually it can in our own conversations. But I think as a whole, it's the divide is... Now let me push back and let me tell you. I walked away Sunday morning, at, and maybe just our church and that one Sunday morning, but I felt like there was a real unity that morning. The whole topic mm -hmm. was, you know, the thorns in our flesh and realizing they may not go away, mm -hmm. but the grace of God's enough. The grace of God is sufficient right. because our weakness personifies the strength of faith in Jesus. Well, I would agree and with that. And, you know I, what I'm and I do think even in the area of politics and vaccines, um, we really, I think we realize all of us, we're really weak. Yeah. We don't really know. Right. And right. we don't know. Our days are numbered. Yeah. And they may be numbered by the COVID and they may be numbered yeah. by something else. But yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. I'm just, I guess, encouraging <laughs> people at the end of the day. If I, I've seen a lot of posts like, if you won't do what I'm telling you to do, mm -hmm. just unfriend me mm -hmm. and don't speak to me mm -hmm. and I don't need you in my right. life. Um, that's just disappointing to me. That's you why know? I don't post those kind yeah. of posts. I yeah. just post that my, my son's having a, a granddaughter <laughs> or I'm having a granddaughter. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff so, I so, post. So um, <laughs> the gender reveal, I saw the pink. What What is that? I don't know. Okay. Pink it's powder. Pink I don't know. Flying in the air. Yeah. And was there, you know, some of these gender <laughs> reveals have had real mishaps. I don't know if you followed them or not, but <laughs> things have gone terribly wrong. This looked like it went great. 
I don't know. I'm, it was just some pink powder that came out of a can. So. Now, is that how you learned, or did you get some inside information ahead of time? I got a little insider okay. information ahead okay. of time. Okay. So. So. Uh, so that's the kind of stuff I post. I just stay away from all that vaccine stuff, and I'm just gonna do what I'm just gonna do maybe, what I'm gonna do anyway. Maybe so. that's the right answer. You know, just to. Uh, I don't think my opinion's yeah. gonna change anybody. Right. right. So. Can I tell mm-hmm. you? And I'm I'm not trying to prop you up, but you just you don't look like a grandma. You really don't. Thank you. No, seriously. I I'm excited for my children, but yeah. I I don't right. wanna, I don't really want to be right. old enough to have a grandchild. Right. Well, I mean, I think oh. you're old enough, but when I think grandma, I don't think of Stephanie. <laughs> Thank you. But we do have a staff member that calls you Grandma Stephanie. Is that On right? On a regular On basis. On a regular basis. Even before it became known, yeah. I was going to be a real grandma. Which is so. kind of the regular fill-in, <laughs> Terry Goodwin, right? <laughs> he thinks of me as a, as grandma. Now, yeah. Is there a story behind that, or just? Yes. Do you remember when we were back when we we when lockdown? Yes. So we were doing some uh, video worship. Okay. That people would send in. I do. You know. I do. So uh, the Goodwin family did worship. On I one remember song that. And they needed a piano player. So I stepped oh. in and he introduced this is As Maddie, grandma. this is Tegan, and this is Grandma Stephanie. I know. I'm not knew their grandma. That. Okay. Yeah, well, anyway, congratulations. Thank you. That's Thanks. good stuff. Hey, real quick, before we go to break, mm-hmm. you told me last week a little bit of a pushback. I, I brought up the Harvard university decision to right. elect a chief chaplain that's an atheist. Right. And, you, and I, I went back and listened to this segment because I wanted to get your words right. Okay. And you said, I feel like you're getting ready to make fun of this. <laughs> and honestly, I, I think that's something that makes me say, how can you have an atheist chaplain? I mean, to me, a chaplain is ministering to people of a like faith. And if you're an atheist, you don't have faith, right? right? You don't have faith. So, so help me out. So Timothy Keller, who yes, I respect, love him. He linked an article on his Facebook page, and so it's this is from Christianity Today. It's okay. why I voted for the atheist president of Harvard's chaplain group. So this is written by one of the cha- uh, the members of right. that group, and really, um, it's an interfaith um, group. Harvard has no chief chaplain. Okay, um, he doesn't. He doesn't direct the spiritual life on campus. It says we are a decentralized, non-hierarchical community of independent chaplaincies with about 40 chaplains spanning 25 denominations. And so he's talking about how um, there are many students at Harvard that are that have no faith. Okay. And so he is actually ministering to those that have no faith, but it's in a it's in the it's in the greater. Um, arena, I guess, of all the faiths coming together. So let me ask this I'm, question. You're using the word ministering. Yeah. You said they're ministering to people who have no faith. Here's the word yeah. exactly. Yes. The mission of Epstein's chaplaincy is okay. not to convince people to become atheists, okay. but rather to serve students who find themselves without faith. Okay. And so and maybe that's where come on together and I'll give you some good thoughts. I, I mean, I'm asking. I, I really don't get yeah. it. I, yeah, I know. I don't get it yeah. either. Okay. But I, 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 his last words were, underneath the overreaching headline is a model of how evangelicals can flourish in interfaith spaces okay. and do so without compromise. So he's okay. saying you can, be, you can have exclusive you know, faith. So the guy that wrote the article is a believer. He is a believer. Okay. With InterVarsity. Um, yeah. InterVarsity. Yeah. Great pre- organization, whatever, great, IVP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He says this is a model evangelicals would do well to emulate rather than condemn. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, 
I think it's just all of them working together, and he is not necessarily trying to convince people we want okay. you to become an atheist. He is really being, I guess, a representative of people who don't have faith. Okay. But in the context where faith is being examined and questioned and talked about openly. I guess I just go I, back I to the question that you can't answer, and you, d you don't have to answer it, but I don't get if an atheist means I don't believe there's an existence mm -hmm. of God— how do you how do you minister to somebody? Well, I suppose and maybe like, minister is the wrong word. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, yeah. they went on mission trips, yeah. serving people. It seems to me like service of people is okay. is what they're talking about. But a we know that a mission trip. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. A mission to serve, but a we mission. know that that is not what saves okay. you. Okay. Right? Well, we know yeah. that. Yeah. I'm just saying hey, this is what I read, and I, I do respect Timothy Keller. But the, the article did kind of— I love Tim Keller, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't quite understand it. So right. you might want to link that article, The Christianity I, Today. I will link it, maybe. and I would like to hear from you. Reach yeah. out to me, Greg at SecondChurch.com or Stephanie at SecondChurch.com, if you have a grasp on what is happening here, because I'll freely admit I have no idea how this works, Apparently, and I'd like, love to learn. Apparently, many years ago, evangelicals did, really, did not really have a voice at Harvard. Okay. So it was— exclusive of evangelicals, more like Protestantism okay. is what the, this article said. So apparently this interfaith thing has has kind of been you know, okay. a thing that brings on board evangelicals, which they huh. were not so welcome in years past. Well, again, I still just find it ironic that Harvard yeah. was founded as the first educational mm -hmm. institution mm -hmm. in America as a preacher mm -hmm. training institute mm -hmm. in 1636. And in 2021, 385 years later, their chief chaplain is an atheist. And his point is, yep. let's not be condemning. Okay. Let's not take okay. a condemning posture on this, but okay. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I kind of agree. I understand your yeah. question. Well, I just, it, it jumped out at me. Yeah. So, well, hey, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about several other things that are unfolding, mm -hmm. including the high holy days within Judaism. Do you know about Rosh Hashanah? And Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur. I'm, I think I'm going to learn Okay, about but you them. don't know a lot. I don't know a lot. No. Well, it's relevant because it's happening right, right now. Right now? Yeah. Okay. So Excellent. we're going to see what we can learn. You're listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back after this. Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. Ready to lace up your tennis shoes to support local families? Invite some friends and join us for the 2021 Women's Care Clinic It's Time to Win Walk for Life. This year's event is Saturday, September 25th at 9 a.m. in Lincoln Park in Danville. Every dollar raised is used to provide life-affirming medical services and education, along with love and support every woman deserves during pregnancy. Plus, all walkers who raise $150 in gifts and pledges receive a free t-shirt. Come and make a difference by supporting Women's Care Clinic, where we're changing lives one decision at a time. To sign up or learn more about It's Time to Win Walk for Life on September 25th, call 217-431-0987. Women's Care Clinic, changing lives one decision at a time. Looking for a job that offers flexible hours, competitive pay, 401k options, and a few extra perks? This is Deanna Witzel from the Witzel Family McDonald's, and we are hiring. 
This is Rob Witzel, Area Supervisor. We are hiring managers, custodians, and crew members at all locations in Covington, Danville, Oakwood, Hoopston, and Georgetown. Hourly pay for custodians and crew members is up to $13 an hour, and manager pay is up to $17 an hour. Just fill out the online application today at mchire.com or stop by any of our locations. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marty LLC. Member SIPC. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. It's Thursday, September 16. It's Greg and Stephanie. And Steph, we are in the midst of what's known as the holiest time of the year for Jewish people. And uh, you have two holidays that are bookend. You've got Rosh Hashanah, which was celebrated last week over a two-day period of time. And Rosh Hashanah celebrates the Jewish New Year. And it is a time of kind of rededication and renewal. And then starting today and tomorrow, actually, excuse me, yesterday and today is Yom Kippur. And that is the holiest of holy days in the life of Judaism and God-fearers. Now, what do you know about Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur? I just know Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement. Yes. Wasn't that the day where the priests would go into the holy... Well, it it is the Day of Atonement, and that's what I thought. But in this article that I'm linking right now from History.com, I want to read what it says about Yom Kippur. It says, according to tradition, the first Yom Kippur took place after the Israelites' exodus from Egypt and arrival at Mount Sinai, where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Descending from the mountain, Moses caught his people worshiping a golden calf, Mm -hmm. and he shattered the sacred tablets in anger. Because the Israelites atoned for their adultery, God forgave their sins. Idolatry. God forgave, what I say, adultery? Uh Yeah, idolatry. God forgave their sins and offered Moses a second set Hmm. of tablets. That was the first Yom Kippur. That was the first Yom Kippur, supposedly. Why do I think that the Day of Atonement is when, like, the priest would go in and atone for all the sins? Well, I think that is absolutely part of the law. There's no doubt. But when you get into the Levitical law, that definitely took place. But Mm. I find it interesting. Here's what I find interesting. Um, I think it's estimated that maybe 10 to 15 percent of American Jews are what they would call practicing Jews. But I think like a whole bunch, like 70, 80, 90 percent of American Jews, they celebrate and honor Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah and Mm. the High Holy Days. And I was asked a question in our Bible study this week, you know, why is that? Why are uh, so few committed to weekly worship in the synagogue? But this is without a shadow of a doubt the most important day of the year for them, and I don't have an answer. Have an answer. What do you think? What do you think about that? Well, it's probably like many Christians, quote, that yeah. come to church yeah. on Easter yeah. or Christmas. Yeah. I mean, they say they're Christians, but they yeah. only come maybe on those. Well, that's what I said. You, you, know, know, what's, ga- you know what's fascinating about Judaism? They're not evangelical. They don't try to Yeah, um, they're not trying to proselytize, yeah. right? I right. think that's interesting. Yeah. That it's like a, this is my faith. And right. And we're not going to try to share it particularly. Yeah. And, and and why do you think Christianity is different? 
Well, because we we believe Jesus is the Messiah. I don't. Right. They don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Well, I no, mean, there's no, 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 right. But I mean, why are they not out actively trying to get people to convert to Judaism, like we are yeah. encouraging our people? I mean, the answer I think is pretty obvious. Jesus' last words, uh, if we believe the Bible to be true, would go and make disciples mm-hmm. and go mm-hmm. and be my witnesses. Mm-hmm. But hmm. I think that's an interesting uh, observation that you many, have there. I wonder how many Jewish people we have in our community. I don't know. I do not know. But um, one of the older gentlemen in our Bible study came up to me and he said, you know, for years I worked at a grocery store in Champaign-Urbana. I mm-hmm. ran the grocery okay. store. And he said regularly, I would have Jewish people, and they would just uh-huh. say, it's Yom Kippur, right. see you in three days, right. you know, or it's right. High Holy Week, see you next week. Right. And he said those were unpaid days, and they didn't care. Mm-hmm. It was something that they were deeply committed to, but the idea of regular synagogue worship on the Sabbath never happened. I wonder if they love the tradition of it. I don't know. More than... I just, I find it fascinating, but um, if you look on your calendar, more than likely today, it's going to say Yom Kippur, and I just thought it was a neat possibility. Hey, speaking of the faith, have you followed the podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill? Not other than hearing you talk about it. So uh, Christianity Today, a guy by the name of Mike Cosper, has developed this Mars Hill, uh, Seattle, was a multi-campus church that grew to over 10,000. Their preacher, Mark Driscoll, right. I mean, he would preach like an hour a week, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to get to that a little <laughs> bit later about the length of time. But, uh, man, I get past 25 minutes, and I can see people checking out. But he would regularly preach over an hour. He was really passionate specifically for young men. And it's a message that resonates with me. The message was stop playing video games. Mm-hmm. Get a life, <laughs> date someone, marry someone, have kids, and raise them, you know, as a Christian father. And okay. I got to tell you, I love that message, okay. quite honestly. Okay. But um, a lot went wrong with his ministry, and uh, a lot of spiritual abuse has been alleged. And the rise and the fall of Mars Hill, there's eight episodes that are out now, really detail that. They talk to people that um, you might say were victims of that. But here's the reason I raise that with you is there's kind of a growing movement within the Christian world of people saying this podcast is not a good thing. You know, we don't need to be airing Mm -hmm. all of Mm -hmm. the mistakes. We don't need to hear the audio of him screaming at this person Mm. or this taking place. And I think I disagree with that. I think when a Christian leader of prominence crashes and burns, it does incredible damage to the church. In almost every instance, there's been a lack of accountability, obviously, to be Mm -hmm. able to Mm -hmm. attain that Mm -hmm. much power. I think it's important to tell those stories as a warning sign, not just for the preachers that are out there, but for the church leadership mm-hmm. that is out there mm-hmm. to, to say, you know, we've got to make sure that we are above reproach in all things. Is that what the purpose of this podcast is? Well, I, I think mean, he's telling a just... story. I mean, there's all kinds okay. of podcasts that, that will tell a story. Yeah. I listen to, you know, key battles of the Civil War. It's right. telling the story of okay. the key battles of the Civil War. I think the purpose of this is to talk about the rise and the fall. At one point, this was probably one of the top 10 most influential churches in America. Today where, it's done. Where is he now? Seattle. Uh, he left and took a year out of ministry, started a church in Phoenix, Arizona. They're five years old. Um, nowhere near the number that they had in Seattle. But I think from what I was able to find on their website, doing some good things. The habits or patterns, well, are they still continuing? Um, your friend Julie Royce, yes. that we'll get to a little bit yeah. later, would say the patterns are <laughs> still there. You call her my friend. I don't even know her. Well, I think she gets <laughs> under your skin. So, uh, and that's okay. But um, 
there are some that are saying absolutely. There are others that are saying, who are you to judge? Mm -hmm. But um, hmm. I think when, when you have a major failure, I think sweeping it under the rug mm -hmm. is not the right answer. I think transparent. It goes back to what we said on Sunday. Secrecy right. and silence. Um, it, it's a tool that I think the deceiver uses to convince us we're going to be okay. And I go back to the words of Jesus, you know, the truth will set you free. And right. I think, I don't know. So, I mean, there's that big one that had to follow just a couple of years ago, and you can't oh. find anything about him oh, I know. anywhere. I, I mean, know. he I just know. disappeared off the face of the earth. So, I guess it's the opposite. I mean, yeah. this is someone else talking yeah. about Mark Driscoll. This right. is not Mark Driscoll this talking about. Mark and does Driscoll, he ever get a chance to say he has been this invited is why regularly okay. to be a part of it and has wanted nothing to do gotcha. with it? And I, and I, I get that. Right. I really do. Right. Um, you know, our God's a God of second chances. But I also think that when you are in Christian leadership, there are times that the choices that you make and the sins that unfold could disqualify you. I'm not saying that's the case here. Off the air, you said something about his, this when this last one was on his view on women. Is that right? Yeah, What's, episode eight comes out. Well, it's actually a view on uh, episode eight talks about demon possession and kind <laughs> of. You relating that to women? Well, he does. <laughs> he does? basically really? and he makes the case. And and again, the thing about this is this is not somebody saying something about him. This is here's what he said in this sermon. Here's what he said in this lesson, and he makes the case that women are more susceptible to possession being possessed. Women are more susceptible. They, they are the weaker uh, sex. I mean, to me, I really struggled with a lot of what I heard. I have to felt like it was really unfair. I have yeah, to I open up the Bible and see how many times Darryl, did that really... She's going to listen to episode eight, I can tell you right now. When she's mowing her grass, episode eight's going to be rolling, I can tell you. Mm. But I would like you to listen to it, because yeah. it, it offended me in that I think the idea that women are more susceptible to sin or struggle... Uh, that that's a ludicrous proposition, in my opinion. And it's taking scriptures. And, and again, I'm not saying there aren't women that mm -hmm. fall. Mm -hmm. I, there's a lot of men that fall. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. sin is sin. Mm -hmm. So I don't so know. So, you know, I type sermons. I and so the one guy I type for, and, and he's out in Oregon. So yeah. it's, it's kind of that in that, that area. But he always says that, you know, New Age, the New Age movement is a movement of women. You very rarely find a man huh. okay. who uh, believes in the new age movement. It's it's women, and it's women have that more. They want to they want to be like like Eve. I want to be like you know. I want to know like what God knows. And well, that's kind of where he's going with it. He's so. basically saying that Eve was deceived by the serpent mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. tricked Adam mm -hmm. into eating the fruit. I guess my perspective is, you know, Adam could Adam's supposed to be the spiritual leader. Why didn't he say mm -hmm. God said not to do it? Because it, my, this preacher says that men are always tempted by naked women and <laughs> food. But they didn't I mean, know they were naked. <laughs> well, right? Maybe not, but okay. I don't know. All right. I mean, it, it's just interesting. I'm not saying I'm offended by right. it. I would like to listen to it, but right. I've heard other people say that that women, you know, you see women in the new age movement yeah. and that kind of stuff. I don't right. know. I I just found it um I found this episode especially troubling. Mm. And I would okay. say, if you're here listening and you're going to go check it out, this is not an episode you want kids around mm, while you're okay. listening. This okay. is not, hmm. it's not one of those feel-good moments by any stretch mm. of the imagination. Do you balance so, your podcast listening I with, do. like, negative things with positive things? I do. I think I yeah. probably listen to more positive okay. than negative. Yeah. But I have really been captivated okay. by the rise and fall huh. of Mars Hill. I, part of it is I think I really bought the Driscoll hype early mm -hmm. on. I was, mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. listening to his sermons every mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Calvinist, but uh, he very much is. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, 
even his preaching was impacting me probably with mm -hmm. my theology at mm. times. Mm. And so there's a part of me, if I'm being honest, I'm probably a little ticked off when I'm hearing the rest of the story and some mm -hmm. of the abuses that are happening because I'm one of those guys when his sermon dropped, I, I was going to listen to right. it. And right. it, it's just tragic mm. that the, the human side got in the way of what really was a good work mm -hmm, mm -hmm, helping people mm -hmm, in mm -hmm, their faith. Mm -hmm. So wow. anyway, well, hey, good. let's go to break. When okay. we come back, I want to talk to you about a couple articles that really grabbed my attention. And I want to talk to you about an academic program that I'm a part of that's kicking my tail right now. <laughs> You're listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back after this. You know, it's easy to make promises. The hard thing is keeping them. Sunset promises to carry your load at a most difficult time. To the communities they serve, they promise to be there for your children, your churches, and your organizations. Sunset promises to help our veterans. They will support them with the same level of commitment these veterans had as soldiers defending our freedom. I'm Judy Fraser, and if you're looking for a family that keeps their promises, I would suggest you make just one phone call. Sunset Funeral Homes and Cremation Centers. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyds of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marney, LLC. Member SIPC. Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. This is Stephanie with Greg, and I had a question for you. Yes. You were talking last uh, segment about the rise and fall of Mars Hill, and yes. I said, okay, is that, you're talking about Mark Driscoll, is that, what about Rob Bell? Right. And the, so there's two different Mars Hill churches Two Mars that we're Hill churches, about. neither exist. Anymore. Both were massive, had mm -hmm. a huge impact. Rob Bell was based out of Michigan, I think Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. He produced those NUMA videos. Yes. Yes. And I got to tell you. They were good. I used those NUMA videos in mm -hmm. ministry 10, mm -hmm. 15 years ago. Rob Bell wrote a book. I think it was called Velvet Jesus. That may not be right, but uh, just an excellent book. Mm -hmm. But he wrote a book prob probably 10 years ago, eight years ago, entitled Love Wins, 
that basically is universalism. Okay. It's basically okay. everybody's going to be saved. Yeah. In the Bible, there's a, a scripture that Paul writes to Timothy that says God wants all people to be saved. Mm -hmm. And Rob Bell says God has to get what he wants. Mm -hmm. And because God wants all people to be saved, people will. all people will be mm -hmm. saved. Francis Chan, you know that name? Yes. He wrote a book um, as a follow-up, as a response to Rob Bell entitled Erasing Hell. And all it was was every single passage in the Bible that talks about hell. And so a radical. There's more about hell oh, than there is heaven. Oh, absolutely, so. yeah. Okay, well, I but, thought we should clarify. But two different, two different churches, okay. two different people, um, neither probably have the status they did mm -hmm. 10 years ago in evangelical Christianity. So, yeah, great, great follow-up. Hey, you definitely. said that that guy preached for um, an hour? Yeah, yeah. So the Pope. The do, you, Pope? do you follow the Pope? I don't really follow the I Pope. Do not. But the Pope just went to Slovakia. Right. And he addressed uh, hundreds of Catholic priests there. And this was the message that he had for him. <laughs> Keep your homily to 10 minutes. And here's the exact quote. No homilies longer than 10 minutes, exclamation point. The faithful have to listen to 40-minute homilies. A homily shouldn't last more than 10 minutes. People lose interest. And it's when he finished speaking on this, they applauded vigorously. Well, and he said it was the nuns who applauded most. It was the nuns that because applauded. Because they are the victims of the homily. So, so here's the, the question. I, I am pretty standard 25 minutes. Right. Uh, I think I went a minute over this week. <laughs> okay. Do I need to adjust? No. Do I need to go to no. 10 minutes? You be you. Okay. I think, you know, for okay. all the nappers out there, 25 minutes is a good nap to get in, you know? And then but for those of us who are awake. Wouldn't 40 be better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for those of us who are awake at minute 25, then 40 just would be a long stretch. You know, I, I just don't think there's anybody that right. should be talking for an hour. Right. I don't right. care who you are. Well, I will tell you, it is really hard from my perspective to fill 30, 35, 40, 45 mm -hmm. minutes well. Mm -hmm. uh, I, now, I've been in sessions recently where people have done a 45-minute presen mm -hmm. presentation, mm -hmm. and it wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm climbing the walls, mm -hmm. per se. But mm -hmm. to really do justice, I, I think it takes a special person that can do that for 40, 45 minutes. But mm -hmm. I just found it interesting that the Pope, I mean, he's the supreme leader mm -hmm. of the Catholic Church, yep. is telling these priests 10-minute homilies. Well, and a homily is a sermon. It's because of the nuns. Okay, well, there you go. So. I found it interesting. <laughs> hey, Julie Royce. Yes. You know Julie Royce. I don't know okay. her. Why do you act like I know her? Julie Royce. She graduated from my, my alma mater, I think. Uh, well, but that you, doesn't you mean You don't I know, know everybody from Cedarville? No, I don't. So Julie Royce. I am Royce. going back for my 30-year reunion. Though, Are you? I am. We can talk about that I've later. never went to a reunion of any I kind. either. I think yeah. I'm going to go this year. Okay. Anyway, Well, good for you. Julie Royce was working for Moody Bible Radio, right. and she exposed some issues mm -hmm. in the administration of Moody, mm -hmm. and they fired her. They fired her in a day. You're out. So she started her own investigative reporting agency, right. and I think you described it best a couple <laughs> months ago. She seems that she's always in everybody else's business. Seems like it. Well, but I got to tell you, again, maybe it says a lot about me, but I, I, I appreciate people that are telling us what's going on in life. And I just found this um, ironic, um, humorous, in a heartbreaking kind of way, the two stories that dropped on her website literally back-to-back -back on Friday afternoon. So the, the first article that I'm linking right now, only 9% of American Christians 
actually have a biblical worldview. But that is up from 2003. It was six, right? Four percent. Four percent. Okay. So when we say worldview, that's the lens that you use right. to look at the world. So a biblical worldview would say, first and foremost, we feel like the Bible is authority for our lives today. So if the Bible tells me that I need to not be full of pride, I don't say, eh, it's, you know, a book that's 2,000 years old. If, if I'm following my life with a biblical worldview, I try to not be full of pride. 6%, 9%, that's really low. So here's the second article, and this may offend some. And if you're offended, just reach out to Stephanie and let her know. But <laughs> Article 2, an active porn star and her husband lead a Christian church in San Diego each week. I read it, and I thought maybe she was a former entertainer in the adult Ooh, industry. Current. Oh, current. Yeah. And and the message of of their ministry is that we are sinners for sinners. And so I don't really have much to say. Well, well, I I guess, really, I, but I, doesn't that just go to show that if you don't have a biblical worldview, um, it's not really a question of what you allow to happen. It's just what level it's going to unfold. So, yeah, I mean, I, I you give me these articles and I usually highlight things. I just yeah. didn't even the only thing I could highlight was that yeah. the one the one statement. It would seem incongruous with the is that how you say it? Right. Incongruous with the yeah. possibility of also being a porn star. Right. Even Jesus said, "Go and sin no more." Right. So what does this? What does her husband well, think? Well, I, again, I, the what? New Testament is interesting. Is she leading a women's ministry? Well, at the church? Uh, that's what I'm saying yeah. is that to me, it's one thing you hear these stories of people that have been delivered mm -hmm. from what I would consider. I would consider the porn industry an evil industry. Yes. You, you have seen the yes. damage that it's done to women and the oppression that's taken place before it. I don't know how you stay active in that and then show up on Sunday and lead your church with your minister husband. I don't think so. Back to Julie Roy's. Yes. Blessed are the peacemakers. It just okay. seems like she has. She's okay. in everything that's stirring well, things up. But maybe you have to she, stir things up. She's an investigative reporter. She is. So there you go. Hey, maybe we could get her on direct line sometime. What do you think? That would be interesting. We could talk about her philosophy of her ministry, and huh. you guys can reminisce about <laughs> the days of Cedarville. <laughs> Hey, okay, you work on that. Do we need to have kind of a Cedarville day? We had a Lincoln Christian University day a couple weeks ago. I mean, do, do we know any people that we could get on the horn anymore. from uh, Cedarville? Not anymore, really. Okay. I, don't, I don't really have any contact. Do you look back on your Cedar Day years, like, with fondness or not? Yeah, okay, that's I do. good. That's good. I do. It, see, I think Cedarville is a wonderful place. Well, see, our students, I think, were at Cedarville this summer for one of their youth conferences, yeah. I think. I learned more. I'll tell you this. I learned more in the two years that I traveled with a singing team than I did my entire four years sitting in a classroom. Okay. So and you don't mean that. academic learning. You mean just life. Is, life, that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, and music. I mean, right. I learned right. music and right. how to deal with people right. and how right. to eat lasagna seven nights in a row while yeah. sleeping in a hot house. Is that what it was? Was lasagna? <laughs> I fear to be spaghetti. <laughs> was it lasagna? Chicken. Yeah. Okay. Lasagna or fried chicken. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah, so. Anyway. Anyway. Good times. All right. Well, hey, let's go to break. When we come back, I want to talk about some things that are happening at Second Church and some things that are happening in my life. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Linda Darby, and I'm part of the third generation of Darbys to own Sunset Funeral Home in Memorial Park. Since the 1960s, our family has been proud to serve Vermilion County by providing unmatched dedication and personalized service to families. And I'm Ross Darby. I'm part of the fourth generation in our family business. I want to introduce you to Hall of Fame plaques and signs. We promise to provide you with the same level of service at our sign shop that you've grown accustomed to at our funeral homes and cemetery. With a name like Hall of Fame, it's going to be great. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. 
As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyds of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. Looking for a job that offers flexible hours, competitive pay, 401k options, and a few extra perks? This is Deanna Witzel from the Witzel Family McDonald's, and we are hiring. This is Rob Witzel, Area Supervisor. We are hiring managers, custodians, and crew members at all locations in Covington, Danville, Oakwood, Hoopston, and Georgetown. Hourly pay for custodians and crew members is up to $13 an hour, and manager pay is up to $17 an hour. Just fill out the online application today at mchire.com or stop by any of our locations. Ready to lace up your tennis shoes to support local families? Invite some friends and join us for the 2021 Women's Care Clinic It's Time to Win Walk for Life. This year's event is Saturday, September 25th at 9 a.m. in Lincoln Park in Danville. Every dollar raised is used to provide life-affirming medical services and education, along with love and support every woman deserves during pregnancy. Plus, all walkers who raise $150 in gifts and pledges receive a free t-shirt. Come and make a difference by supporting Women's Care Clinic, where we're changing lives one decision at a time. To sign up or learn more about It's Time to Win Walk for Life on September 25th, call 217-431-0987. Women's Care Clinic, changing lives one decision at a time. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Direct Line. Greg Taylor, Stephanie Spangler. It's Thursday, September 16. And, you know, we were hoping to have a guest. That fell through. But, boy, we've just been yakking like crazy. <laughs> they pay us to I yak. I know. Pretty darn good. I've enjoyed it. But, um, hey, we couldn't do Direct Line without our awesome sponsors. Who are we saying thank you to? Well, we're thankful to Dean and Gina Crandall with Morgan Stanley, Bill and Mary Lou Knight with Lakewood Insurance, the Darby family with Sunset Funeral Home, Don and Deanna Witzel with McDonald's, Chris and Dacia Robinson with Robinson Chiropractic, and the team at Hans Tank Wash. And we've had all six sponsors on direct line shows the last two months. You and did good. We did. It, it worked out, and each has a great story. Right. And what I love is each of our sponsors, they're actively involved in the community or the church or both, mm-hmm. and they're, they're out trying to make a positive difference. We talked about the division and the negativity that's mm-hmm. out there, and all six of our sponsors, I would say, are trying to make a positive difference Absolutely. in the arenas Absolutely. that they find themselves. Hey, I want to talk about this Saturday and Sunday at Second Church. We are hosting a leadership conference. Mm-hmm. Gary Johnson and Jeff Fall from E2 Effective Elders are going to be here. Uh, We're thinking 50, 55, 60 church leaders are going to be here. It's late notice, but if you're listening and you want more information about this, reach out to me, email greg at secondchurch.com or call Second Church at 442-7306. It's not too late to get signed up. Is it just for pastors? It's not. It's really not even for pastors. It's really for deacons, for elders, Elders. Mm -hmm. ministry team leaders, Mm -hmm. uh, anyone that has some sort of a leadership involved, and they're going to talk specifically about how it is really the lay leadership Mm. that can help set the pace in many ways and can make Mm. positive change in many ways. And they're probably going to share instances where lay leaders have not 
led well and the damage that, that's been mm. done. But what I'm most excited about is I think we've got maybe eight or nine or ten different churches Wonderful. that are sending leaders. It's Good. dirt cheap, 20 bucks. Wow. And I've told Does people. That food? That includes a Jocko's <laughs> lunch. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, we've got awesome people leading worship to begin the day so it's going to be a good time but i'm really excited about it. and then gary johnson is going to stick around and preach for us on sunday yeah. when i was in college in uh, 1987 i was at lincoln christian college and we would drive on sundays to a little village of 200 waynesville christian church in waynesville illinois and the preacher was gary johnson okay. the church was running almost 300 in a village of 200 mm, in that and oh it was great and mm. gary ended up in indianapolis and uh the the church he he came to uh, Indian Creek Christian Church is mm -hmm. one of the strongest mm -hmm. in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And um, ha have you heard Gary before? I have not. You're going to be blessed. Yeah, really, really good guy. Um, Kylie Garrison grew up. Uh, okay. That's his home church. Awesome. And Gary was his preacher, very influential in his life. So we are really excited about that. I want to talk a little bit about my life and what I'm doing. All right. What are you um, up to? So I made the decision um, a year ago that I wanted to do something called the Colson Fellows Program. It's named in honor of the late Chuck Colson. You know I love to yes. throw Chuck Colson. It's all about worldview studies. I didn't do it last year because of COVID. It was online only, and I didn't want to do it. But mm -hmm. I am part of the Chicago cohort, and I've showed you the curriculum, I believe. It's a pretty intense curriculum. I'm reading a lot. I'm doing daily devotions. i got to come up with a three-year plan. I'm traveling to Chicago once a month mm -hmm. on a Saturday, mm -hmm. uh, which was last week. But I am absolutely loving there it. You. It's stretching Good. me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, I had uh, someone ask me, well-meaning, well, are you going to get anything for doing all of this work? <laughs> and I'm not going to get a degree. I'll be a Colson Fellow, which that doesn't mean anything. What, yeah, I don't, what well, does it doesn't mean, mean anything. Uh, there's means you went through this. 700 people going through this program okay. this year. And if okay. you complete it and do the work, you're a Colson Fellow. Okay. Dean Crandall is a Colson Fellow. Okay. So, okay. um, but one of the things that hit me, and this is what I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if you're going to be prepared to answer this or not, so we may have to go to next week, but the question was asked this weekend, are we in a Wilberforce moment or are we in a Bonhoeffer moment? And, and here's the, the backstory to it. Um, William Wilberforce changed England forever by abolishing slavery. He rose up against the powers of the day. He did it in the name of Jesus, incredibly successful. He's a hero for all time. Diedrich Bonhoeffer rose up and took on Hitler and ended up in a concentration camp, and he died a martyr's death. Mm. Now, I would claim both people were right to act. Both people could have taken the easy way out and said, no, thank you. Um, one person saw incredible change take place this side of eternity. The other is going to obviously mm. have to wait to the other side mm -hmm. of eternity. Mm -hmm. But um, as we look at our world, and sadly, even our country, it's upside down mm -hmm. in so many mm -hmm. ways. And we're having discuss. who would have dreamed we'd have discussions about who can use a certain bathroom, you know, and who can use a certain locker room and just all the, the, the changes that are happening. Mm -hmm. And the question was posed, are we in a Wilberforce moment? Or are we in a Bonhoeffer moment? And mm -hmm. the question is, if, if we rise up as Christians living by a biblical worldview and we run counter with our culture, are we going to be able to bring change? Gotcha. I see what or you're are we going to end up being, you know, the outsiders? Are we going to end up paying a real penalty? And I'll tell you, I don't know the answer. I don't know what the answer is. I'd like to think that at some point people are going to return to the truth of God's word and return to what I would consider common sense. Uh, 
on this day, I'm not very optimistic that I see that happening, but I don't think silence is the right answer. I don't think sitting it out is the answer. And that was really the challenge that we have. Um, John Stone Street calls it a theology of getting fired. How strong are your principles um, when it comes to your faith? Mm. You know, there's a lot of people that caved in to the Nazis because they didn't want to ruffle feathers mm -hmm. or they didn't want to they didn't want to you know face consequences mm -hmm. they just went along with the Nazi regime mm -hmm. uh, do we have a theology where the most important thing is the most important thing no matter the consequences good question yeah so I'm gonna let you sit on that for this week. I'll sit on it. Did you have you any, did you you have any thoughts? Um, I said I think we're probably more in a Bonhoeffer moment than a Wilberforce moment. Uh, as, as I'm looking at it, it was you know September 11 when we were looking at it. I said I hope I'm wrong. I think it's be been years of little. We let things happen yeah. and we didn't stand up. Yeah. And I think because we've done that for so long, I don't know that there's a chance now to regain all that ground. And I want to be really clear, because I think in the world of COVID and vaccines and masks, the temptation is to think that that's what I'm talking about. I'm yeah, not okay. speaking about no. anything with that. Gotcha. I'm gotcha. talking about the faith. Right. I'm talking about a theology of what I would call biblical sex and biblical mm -hmm. marriage. I'm right. talking about a theology of life. I'm talking about a theology of we are created in the image of God. That's what I'm talking about. So, And that's what I'm talking about, too. No, but I, know. I think we've made— I'm not saying for we've you. Made, I mean, right. I think about even in how I raise my kids— you know, I let them have a cell phone. I, I don't know. I think that was a bad decision right, right, when I let right, them have that cell right, phone at right. that age. And I think we have made, made choices that gave so much ground. Yep. I don't know if we can get it back. And I think if you were like us, sometimes we didn't want our kids to be the quote-unquote weirdos. Yep. We didn't want them to be the yep. only one without a phone. Yep. And maybe that would have been the best thing in the world for them, quite honestly. Yep. So, so I know you're not talking about COVID. Yeah. And you're probably not talking about phones. But right. I'm, I'm just not. using that as an no, example right, of right. I think you give up ground little right. by little. And then you want we want to take it all back Absolutely. at once. I don't know that Absolutely. you can do that. Okay, we've got a couple minutes left. Okay. History moment. Um, 1620, September 16th, the Mayflower departs England, headed for Virginia with a 102 passengers on board. Do you think they were petrified? Um, I think they were as the journey went on, <laughs> and they didn't make it imagine. to Virginia. They landed in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And uh, there weren't 102 of them left as that unfolded. I, you know, I didn't look that up. I think, I think about half died. I think on the journey, but um, yeah, hard to believe Brave that that people. happened. Absolutely, 401 years ago this week. How about September 14, 1814? Do you know the name Francis Scott Key? Oh, say can yep. you see? So that? yeah, and you could sing the whole thing could, if we had the time. We don't have time. But um, yeah, the Star Spangled Banner is written. The context is the War of 1812. Don't forget, this is when Washington, D.C. was under siege, and they burnt the White House. I mean, a lot of devastation took place. And in the midst of that, Francis Scott Key writes the song, The Star-Spangled Banner. It wasn't the national anthem right away, but it is a song that you'll hear at any sporting event uh, coming to you soon. We hope. We hope. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then this is just heartbreaking. Yes. September 15, hmm. 1963, in a racially motivated attack, the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama, is bombed. It kills four girls. And the sad thing is that the sermon that day was on this topic, Love That Forgives, from Matthew 5, 43 and 44. And just a reminder, racism is always evil. And there's no place for racism in the church. There's no place for racism in our community. And I tell people all the time, if you are racist and you are a Christ follower, you are not going to enjoy eternity because every tribe, every tongue, every nation 
we'll spend eternity with the Lord. So any thoughts? Uh, I just I remember typing a sermon for John Ortberg when he had Condoleezza Rice on, and she was talking about her family that must have been living down there at that time. Yeah. It was just interesting. That's yep. what I'm thinking. Okay, good news Sorry. segment on the way out. Step up. Vermilion County is back tomorrow morning at Second Church, 8 a.m. It's going to be a special day. Mm -hmm. If you want to have positive input into positive activities in your county, Absolutely. join us at Second Church at 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. tomorrow, Friday, September 17th. Okay, on behalf Great of my friend today. Stephanie Spangler, we did it, just the two of <laughs> we us. Build a full have we house. ever done this? I don't think we have. Okay, well, we're breaking ground. I guess so. All right, on behalf of Steph, this is Greg Taylor saying so long. We'll see you next week for Direct Line.